It wasn't that long ago that many companies scheduled downtime in order to release an updated version of the software that runs their website. That's rare today. Most developers want continuous testing, integration, and deployment, continuous everything. With that comes many benefits. It also places greater demands on quality engineers, who can no longer gate all updates into a single, infrequent release. Lilia Fry is the Director of QA Engineering at League Apps, a provider of sports league and team management software. In this episode, we discuss Lilia's experience and modern practices for successful enterprise strategies. Lilia, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Uh, Hi, Kyle. Uh, Thank you. To kick things off, can you tell me a little bit about your journey as a technologist? I'd say I've been in IT for the last 24 years in web development roles, uh, testing engineering, managerial roles, and different leadership positions. And uh, I specialize in creating quality engineering processes with uh, continuous testing, shift left and shift right methodologies with continuous monitoring, continuous improvement in scaled agile uh, software development life cycles with strong focus on customers, teamwork and organizational overall success. Could you share a few details on what you mean by shift left and shift right? So shift left and shift right, one of the methodologies that specifically shift left testing was introduced by Larry Smith in uh, 2001. So now we're, it's been 20 years ago, where he mentioned that bugs are cheap when caught young. And he introduced the um, mindset where the quality in testing should uh, start early in software development lifecycle to uh, reduce the number of bugs. And the quality ownership means um, better requirements, better design, better code, and better test. And with Shift Left, he also mentioned that the quality is owned not only by the quality engineering team or quality assurance team, but it owned by the entire engineering team, in, including uh, product managers. And we shift left. The quality engineering team members, they are part of the agile agile process, and they're embedded with uh, the uh, scrum teams, with the squads. And uh, with shift left, we continuously thinking about how can we test throughout the multiple stages in the uh, software development lifecycle. And uh, shift right, it's a method of testing um, in monitoring in production. And uh, this approach helps developers to uncover new unexpected scenarios that could not be detected in lower environments. And their way we can fix bugs uh, before the users find it. However, shift left, um, it's uh, specifically um, uh, for... Usually we test um, in production manually and uh, automation, you have to be very cognizant in which area of application you introduce automation with shift left, shift, sorry, with shift right methodology. 
You'd also mentioned uh, one of my favorite buzzwords, and that's continuous in a couple of areas of interest and areas of expertise you have. Um, whether it's you know something continuous or maybe a different philosophy or project, are there any standout uh, improvements or schools of thought that have come around in your career that are starting to really shape the way people build software? The continuous, what I see it as we are not, if we set up a processes, and especially for quality engineering, uh, you create strategy, you set up processes. The processes that, that you set up, it's never going to be written in stone. You have to continuously think, how can it be better? How can we improve it? And um, improve it with uh, like a different uh, QA strategy, different environment strategy, execution strategy, data strategy, and with automation. How can our automation in different areas uh, with uh, in implementing the test-driven development, unit testing, integration testing, API, UI, end-to-end, UAT, and with const- constantly thinking how we can make create a certain flow that with uh, continuous integration, continuous delivery and deployment, that we find um, bugs and kind of fix them very early, very smoothly, and they, they do not affect our end users. Well, tell me a little bit about your current role today and what led you to take an interest in that area. Currently, I'm working at uh, LeagueApps, and LeagueApps uh, is a fantastic company. We provide uh, an operating system for youth and local sports leaders, and uh, we have an application that could be used on desktop web and also mobile application for iOS, Android, and we support about uh, 3,000 organizations, and uh, uh, organizations can also create uh, through us uh, their customizable uh, website, uh, which is branded. Basically, we provide the tools where you can create your own website that is um, presenting your organization, sports organization, and we provide you with the tools where the branded apps could be created uh, for iOS and Android devices. And the uh, mobile applications specifically help you with um, registration, uh, not registration, with uh, keeping the schedule, make sure you're uh, understanding what's happening, when are the games going to take place, when are the tournaments, and you can communicate through our mobile application with your teammates, with your coach, uh, with organizers, And let's say often certain games are being canceled due to some weather or like emergency. So the push notifications are sent and people, either parents or players, can receive it very quickly. And we're also working on a way where our mobile application would help players to engage more. Uh, We're going to offer more uh, features where they would learn more things about the particular sport they're playing or they can engage more with each other. So there's a great uh, kind of service we provide for sports organizations. 
And my responsibility is uh, I'm a director of um, quality assurance engineering, and I want to make sure that the quality of application is uh, up to standards and our end users are happy and they can assist uh, their players with uh, all the necessary tools that they can just focus on doing their best, uh, playing the game, and know when everything's happening on their schedule. And what's the team look like in terms of current size and growth plan? Uh, Currently, our team is, uh, I wouldn't say huge, we're very limited, but what's so unique about League Amps, we take the entire organization and our company is responsible for quality. And that's what I like about League Amps, that everybody, we're talking about the, um, the customer success team, the product management team, the developers and QA team. We're all thinking about testing and Everybody takes ownership and responsibility for quality. It's not like in certain organizations where if a bug uh, w- was appeared in production and everybody pointing fingers at the QA team. No, it's not like that. Here, we if something happens, if some issue occurs in production, we all collaborate and work together and do the risk assessment and mitigation plan to figure out how can we prevent it from happening in the future. And uh, the growth, um, speaking of um, uh, growing the team, since we're transitioning to the um, migrating our old system into the new, the next generation, we are going to uh, certain areas of application going to be migrated into microservices. Therefore, we'll need uh, lots of testing. And currently, my team specifically looking for a mobile estate and also senior software development engineering test. And the senior estate will be focusing on backend testing, API testing, and anything backend related and mobile estate, anything related to mobile applications, native, iOS, Android, automating the um, test cases uh, for mobile native and mobile web. And also we're looking for a lots of engineering roles. We need front-end engineers, platform engineers, uh, senior back-end engineers, senior, senior front-end, Android engineers. And we're looking for VP of engineering who will help us to move to that next gen with um, microservices architecture. Very cool. Well, a lot of opportunity there for many of the software engineers listening to this podcast. Where can they learn more? They should go to our website, which is uh, leagueapps.com. And uh, under career, there should be, I think it's under company, uh, company career. Yeah. So, or there's another option to enter into browser uh, careers.leagueapps.com. Very cool. Well, I'm wondering if we could zoom in on the roles that you're hoping to fill and test. What is it that you're specifically looking for that uh, people might want to beef up on or should have be an expert in already? What are the skills you need to add to your team? 
So for my team specifically, um, for senior software development engineering test, we need somebody to test our APIs that are built in Java and uh, somebody who is comfortable with JUnit, Makita libraries, and uh, who had worked with Postman, and who can help us with um, building... um, CICD. We're in the process of taking all our um, uh, automation scripts into the CICD pipeline, and we need assistance with that. Somebody who integrated um, automation scripts with CICD and uh, who can help us to create the continuous uh, integration delivery deployment specifically with understanding how are we going to trigger our automation scripts in one environment and how they're going to be moving from, let's say, from dev environment to QA and to pre-prod and prod. Uh, Somebody who has in-depth understanding of CICD integration. And we are looking to, we're exploring different CICD tools If somebody has expert in working with different CICD, maybe uh, Travis CI, GitHub Actions. And the majority of our um, applications are in Google Cloud, GCP, and we have some in AWS. If somebody has knowledge of GCP, uh, that would be great. And for mobile instead, we need somebody who has experience with Appium. And with Appium specifically, we want somebody who knows how to build applications that are that build one framework that could test immediately the native applications and the the native application iOS, Android, and the mobile web at the same time with one framework. And the language that could be either java or javascript and also the knowledge of cicd would be helpful i have used the uh, headless browser selenium to do some tests uh, like front-end test automation in a couple of cases not really my area of expertise is there a selenium for mobile the selenium for mobile would be appium because appium is based on selenium and that's what we're gonna use in uh, our front-end applications, I mean, the front-end automation scripts are in Cypress. Originally, we had in Selenium. However, we had so many flaky tests and we had so many issues and we transitions, transitioned into using Cypress. And we also will be looking for front-end automation engineers to uh, build lots and lots of uh, end-to-end uh, tests in Cyprus, but currently there is no budget for that particular role, which will open up in January. Well, I've seen a lot of different approaches to where the line is drawn between a software engineer and a quality assurance engineer. It seems like every company has maybe a different take, and that's probably okay. But it also can be a place where there's conflict if it isn't well-structured. You know, you could have a resentful QA person who feels the software engineer is being careless because they know uh, that person is there to take care of them later, something like that. 
Do you have any philosophy or thoughts on how to draw the line between those two roles and know whose responsibility is whose? So you say between software engineer and QA engineer? Yeah. Ah, okay. I would say um, the software engineers, they are more responsible for building um, test-driven development and also for unit tests and some integration tests. And quality engineers, we build more like a functional unit test. Software developers would build like a sanity smoke unit test, very small. And we're focused on uh, more in-depth unit tests and also integration tests we're responsible for. API tests, um, again, more in-depth suite. And we're responsible for uh, UI, anything um, uh, front-end testing and building end-to-end test and UAT user acceptance test it depends on the organization some organizations they're uh, QA responsible others they have a different department in our organization we have uh, product managers are responsible kind of with the engineering managers Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And performance testing, we are actually sharing the performance testing responsibilities uh, between um, QA engineers and uh, the uh, developers because there is a certain uh, performance tests could be uh, done by developers. For example, uh, they just want to make sure that they identify and test upper bounds, lower bounds, and they want to make sure that pagination is implemented. And we are QA team mostly doing some load stress and scalability testing. Performance testing can be especially challenging in my experience because even the best of everyone's intentions, we can't predict all the crazy things the users will do in the wild, especially if we have a you know very widely used application. There's going to be edge cases we haven't thought of. How do you approach the unknown unknowns in a situation like that? Usually, I try to create a plan where we identify a certain month of the year when we expect um, big concurrency of users. Usually in our business, it's uh, in the summer where we have um, tournaments take place. And you try to create a plan where you do stress and scalability tests with multiple concurrence uh, at the same time. And the tools to use uh, for performance testing that could be either Gatling or could be um, J-meter, Blaze-meter. And um, with uh, a performance testing, usually if you do some stress and scalability testing, you, you try to um, kind of increase the load uh, request until your environment fails over and with that particular stress testing. And for example, uh, one thing I want to mention, uh, 
This is more like on a personal observation. When the school started in mid-August this year in LAUSD, my son is a senior in um, high school here. On the first day, each student supposed to present a daily pass. And on the first day, there was 400,000 students had to present the daily pass. What had happened LAUSD did not do sufficient uh, performance, uh, stress, uh, scalability, and the chaos engineering testing. Their service failed, and no one had access to their website. No student was able to produce a daily pass. And even those students who are supposed to present a result for COVID test, uh, if they had negative, those results were in their website and they could not access that website either to show them if their result is negative to access on the premise of school. And it created a huge chaos on that first day for about students were standing outside for an hour or two were not able to enter the school. So for me, performance um, uh, testing is extremely important, especially when you know on a certain day or a certain month, you're expecting a huge concurrency of end users. Well, a lot of continuous tools, continuous you know, CICD, continuous testing, all these good things, uh, it seems to me there's a pretty strong agreement. Everyone knows that companies should move in these directions. This is the right way to go. It's the efficient path. Yet for some reason, anecdotally, I observe not everyone is uh, quite there yet on the growth to a mature ecosystem. If you have to maybe convince someone that resources should be allocated or time should be spent really modernizing an infrastructure like this, what are some of the low-hanging fruit or early gains that the company can expect when they place an investment in these areas? So I would say the most important uh, area to invest is um, in deciding, first of all, which uh, CICD tool to use. And deciding um, on what area of application uh, would benefit from automation coverage. I believe to improve the quality, you need lots of automation. But you cannot automate everything. You have to use, uh, I would suggest, to use the Pareto principle with 80-20 rule that you focus on automating the area that is the most used by your customers or end users, and you do your best to cover as much as area of application, as many kind of the different path or different flow, and take those automation scripts to CICD, and um, that uh, there are deployed the automation scripts that are, you know, automation tests, they are, are triggered automatically as a part of the build pipeline. And let's say if it, um, the build is tested in one, one, in one environment, then it uh, propagates to another environment and another sets of uh, automation scripts are triggered and then after it's going to another environment, so you create this flow of continuous deployment. 
and depends on the organization. Certain organizations are uh, deploying to production automatically if it's a safe uh, environment. I believe it's very important currently um, to focus on um, uh, continuous integration, continuous delivery and deployment, and look for talents that have experience uh, uh, with utilization and integration with CICD tools. You'd mentioned step one being to pick a CICD, I don't know if you said platform or if I just imposed that on here. Do you have any opinionated recommendations about the primary tools people should be considering? Okay, I would say you have to know Jenkins for sure. And speaking of tools, uh, there is a debate, there is pluses and minuses with different tools. I would say I, I cannot recommend for sure GitHub Actions, uh, Travis CI. I had worked with CircleCI and GitLab CI, but we had certain issues there. But it might work for other organizations I would say it depends on organization what their specific needs. I, I cannot advocate for a particular tool per se. Totally makes sense, yeah. Well, Jenkins is a mature and established technology. It's been around. I think everyone knows the brand name. It's almost surprising that it hasn't been knocked off the king of the hill position in some sense. What about Jenkins makes it still relevant today? You're right. Jenkins been around for 10 years. Yes. And Jenkins, the benefit of it, it's uh, open source and uh, it's still relevant. It, it, the, the biggest benefit of Jenkins, lots of tools can integrate with Jenkins. And we're talking about like Jira, test, different test management tools can integrate with it and different cloud uh, service uh, applications can integrate with it, different cloud, like a pipelines. So Jenkins also works more of a glue. Even let's say you're going to utilize some other CI/CD tool, there is a certain areas where Jenkins is still works as a glue connecting different parts together. I don't see Jenkins is going away. It's been great tool for one decade, and I see it's going to continue. And what do you think the uh, general quality infrastructure stack looks like in the future? Are we just going to kind of continue on the path we're going on, or are there innovations that you think are going to come at play that make it easier in the future? Uh, in the future, I see more of um, uh, we're going to use... Um, AI-driven um, tools, which currently there is a certain companies provide uh, services where you can write uh, front-end, end-to-end um, testing with some AI ML applications that can recognize a certain flow that end user uses. And uh, also they have a certain OCR algorithm to scan the page and they build, they train their uh, machine learning models uh, to kind of build automation scripts. And um, also uh, lots of cell healing um, tests would help with front-end testing. And uh, some natural language automation, 
what would really help, honestly, currently there's just limited number of companies that are offering that, but you have to pay for that service. It's not open source. And what would help in the future to have certain open source tools that would offer that because currently the challenges is um, for a QA engineering team to set up automation, to build a framework, have adequate skills on the team, and where we're going to run it, all the technical details, and also deciding what type of uh, scenarios uh, we, we should actually test, just designing the test cases. And if that particular area would be covered by AI ML tool, it will really speed up the process. And I really wish in the future where this kind of tools would be open source so everybody can use it. And if that would happen, then it would really put us on a next level of efficiency and uh, checking the quality uh, of our applications. And I strongly believe it will improve the quality of uh, uh, web and mobile applications um, around the world for everybody. What's an exciting vision? As that starts to happen and machine learning and AI are doing more of like, let's say, the one second or low level work that frees up a quality engineer to, as they say, stand on the shoulders of giants. How do you see it changing the current role and what professionals of the future will be doing? I see that quality engineers will have to build a relationship with it's going to be sort of test up ML ops working together and quality engineers might have to pick up some understanding of how to uh, train uh, machine learning models if they want to sort of become more in demand in their organization. Not only quality engineers currently, if before they had to know how to write uh, automation scripts for, uh, let's say, unit API front end, and then they had to learn how to do how to use continuous integration tools. And now we're talking about they have to understand the, the machine learning technology and how to train models. So that's kind of the future skills they have to obtain. So for a growing company, uh, maybe one that's grown a little bit too fast on their successful product and the software side, and it's time to really make that investment in good quality pipelines and CICD and things like that. Is it useful to think of that as a one-time reaching some milestone and then being in kind of a maintenance mode? You know, can we say we're going to clean up all the technical debt, build all the CICD and we're done? Or uh, what does that realistically look like in practice? Oh, you can never be done uh, when you build CICD. Unfortunately, there is always going to be issues with uh, test data or test environment. Uh, and with even CICD pipeline, you have to maintain it. The only thing what would improve is uh, how fast you find bugs and how fast you fix it. And yet, uh, with a continuous integration delivery and deployment, you have to maintain it. The I would say the only thing what could improve is um, 
And especially if we introduce AI ML, then um, our quality engineering team will be focusing on um, learning how to maintain it. That will kind of transition into the uh, maintenance roles. So when thinking about some of the data that's going to flow through the system and the test data cases you'd mentioned, obviously you can make up your own test cases as you go with any data, but it's not necessarily going to represent what it looks like in production. Uh, companies are often protective of their production databases for good reason. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on how a quality engineering team, what relationship they have with real production data. Is it reasonable to get a batch of it and run tests or does it need to be anonymized? Uh, what are your thoughts there? So with uh, testing and production, uh, yeah, it depends on the organization and what kind of data is flowing. Uh, yeah, I would suggest the... Um, yeah, the, there should be the careful consideration for testing and production and uh, what exactly should be tested uh, if some, I don't know, structural uh, uh, or functional database. And I would say that uh, it should be the limited uh, uh, number of uh, uh, data flowing uh, the safest bet is uh, to test uh, any data quality in a uh, lower environment. So when you have a nice CI/CD environment set up, if everything's working perfect, it's going to deliver great software. When a mistake is made or a bug is introduced somewhere, uh, it should fail, right? It should find that error. And then something needs to happen. There's an operational procedure that uh, maybe is a little bit beyond the tool itself. Do you spend a lot of time thinking about how to triage? Yes, we do. And uh, we also think about uh, the rollback process and uh, especially uh, talking about planning for the failure and uh, making sure that uh, our application is decoupled and we're selecting uh, the right technology. And especially when uh, rolling back, we are checking what exactly, how fast could it be fixed and uh, in what area where. That is something um, we, we're constantly working on improving that uh, process. It, it's a, again, it's a continuous improvement, improvement. And you learn on your mistakes uh, what had worked in the past. And the goal is, honestly, if you find certain issues, and especially some critical issues, make sure you fix it very fast that end users that will never find out. When I think about doing a rollback, uh, in my mind, it seems easier if I have some monolith. Yet there's such a trend towards microservice architecture. Feels like it might be harder to roll back there. I'm curious if that's the case or if there's anything else about the popular microservice design that makes your job extra difficult. So I would say the, there is a certain areas that with microservices, there is a, uh, some dependency of one application into another. And uh, we consider it when we build those applications to reduce that dependency so that way we can manage the rollback of that particular component. 
and that would not affect the sort of the other areas. And usually we just um, diagnose it uh, thoroughly to mitigate any, just to minimize any risk. Makes sense. Yeah. Similar question. I'm thinking about tools like Docker and serverless, popular ideas that have come about somewhat more recently. And these are new challenges. You have to figure out how to do testing and build pipelines around them. Are there anything specific about containers or serverless that are, are novel or interesting from your point of view? Yeah, and speaking of Docker, yeah, it was introduced uh, 10 years ago by Solomon Hikes, and basically at the same time as uh, Jenkins. And we, we utilize Docker very heavily. It really helps us to easy pack ship and run any applications and uh, virtually anywhere. And um, oh, with uh, Docker, when the containers are created inside a virtual machine, they really provide this ultra, ultra portable solution. And uh, or sometimes we can spin up some, some transient environments as needed. And of course, the Kubernetes that was created um, by um, three people, Craig McLucky, Joe Beta, and Brendan Burns in 2014, it really helped uh, with the containers orchestration to scale CICD pipeline and where you can deploy um, containers in the cloud and schedule batch jobs and handle workloads and easily perform rollouts and makes it the whole process more efficient. That's when Kubernetes become handy. At our current company, we do not utilize Kubernetes yet, but we're working towards it. But that's one of the tools that I'd say every company should utilize. Well, we're certainly moving towards continuous everything in a lot of ways, I think for some good reason. And obviously, just from our discussion, I can imagine you're a big supporter of that. I'm curious if there's any pessimistic side to it. Does the rate at which software is, is changing and the tools we're making to allow it to change faster, is that intimidating or scary if you're responsible for producing quality software? I don't uh, I would not say it's scary for team members in quality engineering or software developers, you are constantly learning something new and you constantly adapt. And you do not uh, think of, oh, I just acquire this knowledge of this tool and I'm done uh, for the rest of my life. I don't need to learn anything else. And, and the whole system going to work perfectly. Absolutely not. In technology, in software development, in software testing, we're continuously learning something new every day. And we're looking for some new tools that will help us to improve our processes. And with the you know, continuous integration, delivery, deployment, we're still looking for a way, how can it be better? Is there some better tool? And we're on a lookout for the most advanced tool or the technology that simplify our process because the goal is simplicity. Makes sense. Is there anything you think we should have gotten to that I haven't asked you about? I just want to mention again about our company that we're looking for uh, lots of engineering roles and we welcome everybody. We are um, 
very diverse organization. We have people of different races, uh, different um, uh, background, different ages, uh, different gender. And uh, we welcome people from LGBTQ community, from artistic associations. And we uh, practice servant leadership, collaboration, and we're open to people with their own unique ideas, no matter at what position you have at the company. We always uh, welcome people to bring something new. And it's fun. We have uh, all sorts of fun activities. And it's just very supportive organization. And we welcome everybody. Well, those are inspiring things to hear. Lilia, to wind up, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, in all these topics, as we've mentioned a couple of times, things have changed really fast. Technology is moving quick. you got to keep your eyes out for new tools and all that. You've done a great job of that. Can you give any advice to listeners on how they can keep up with the fat, quickly evolving field? I would say uh, listen to Software Engineering Daily. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and... Attend different webinars, uh, attend uh, uh, different meetups when we'll go back to normal. And um, on LinkedIn, I would recommend people to follow me on LinkedIn and connect to me. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me. You can just search for Lilia Fry. You'll find me there. And uh, also... Read on LinkedIn any other posts people uh, talk about uh, latest technology, different strategy for software development or automation testing. There is a continuous process of learning. So I advise our listener, listeners to be open to new ideas, to new way of doing things, and be fearless to try new things. Great advice. Well, Ilya, thanks again for coming on Software Engineering Daily. Thank you.